This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Also, I wanted to say thank you. Um, for everybody who got involved in Love is Red conference last weekend, we had an amazing time. We know that the students that came were impacted. A lot of the other churches that came, they were so thankful they had a great time with their kids. And so for anybody that prayed and anybody that gave and anybody that served, I wanted to say thank you for all that you did during conference. It was a really impacting weekend, so Thank you. All right. So we are starting a brand new series today called Faith Supplements. So turn with me in the Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you today, you can get one on your phone. And if you don't have enough time to download the app, we're going to have a really big Bible here on the screen for you that you will be able to follow along with. Does anybody out there take any vitamins of any kind? You take any supplements occasionally, consistently? Um, we're kind of a, a bit of an occasional um, vitamin-taking family. Um, and generally, I only take vitamins when my wife reminds me to take them. Um, and usually we take vitamins or we take supplements because maybe there's something deficient in our diet and our doctor has let us know you don't have enough of whatever. And so you, you, know, you take some vitamins to help you sort of build up in that area. And, you know, like I said, I, my wife likes us, I think, to take vitamins. And we had, when our kids were younger, we would get vitamins in the shape of a pixie stick. Does anyone remember pixie sticks? And so they thought it was candy, but it wasn't candy. Uh, We were tricking them into taking vitamins. And then the vitamins that we have in our house, they're American vitamins. So I guess that they're better vitamins. I'm not sure. Um, But all of us, obviously, we have this desire uh, to be healthy physically, and when we take vitamins or supplements, it will help us in the physical, physical aspect. But the same is true spiritually. The scripture talks about uh, ways for us to supplement our faith. And this is what this series is going to be all about for the next uh, many weeks as we dive into this portion of scripture. We're going to stay in this portion of scripture uh, for the next many weeks as we look at all of these things uh, that the Apostle Peter talks about how these things that we're going to discuss, how they supplement our faith. Now, Peter was one of the apostles uh, of Jesus, one of his close disciples. Peter is famous for being very outspoken, uh, sort of stepping out many times, sometimes putting his foot in his mouth. Uh, But at the end of his life, Peter is writing to the church, and he's emphasizing some things that are very important in our faith walk. And this is what is in this portion of scripture as we look at it together for the next many weeks. So let's start reading here in verse 3 of 2 Peter 1. And it says this, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And this is something that I like to emphasize as it relates to following Jesus. Following Jesus is not about a Sunday thing. It's not about a church service. It is about God impacting our lives, giving to us what we need to live a life on a daily basis. And whatever season of life that you are in, uh, whether you're married or you're single, whether you have a career, you're in school, all of the various and sundry seasons of life, God has something for us as it relates to life. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So through our relationship with God, 
Through Jesus, God has given us all of these things that pertain to life and godliness, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So he's... uh, comparing and contrasting two natures. Now, we all know that at different times in our lives, we have given ourselves to our desires. And we've taken our desires to the nth degree, and we've somehow messed up or made a mistake of our lives because we have sinned. And that's what a lot of times sin is. It's not so much uh, necessarily a bad thing, but when we let our desires run rampant, it will take us somewhere we don't want to go. So he's comparing that nature with the divine nature, that God wants to live in his nature, not just a sinful, corrupt nature that the world would tell us to do, and here's what the world says we should do, and here's what the world says we should partake of. No, we want to partake of the divine nature, the one who has designed life, the one who has given us life, the one who knows how to live life, That's the nature that we want to yield to, not just our old self, not just our sinful nature, the divine nature that we see here in the scripture and then we see in Jesus. Verse 5, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. So that's where the idea for this series came from. Supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we don't want those two things. We don't want to be ineffective or unfruitful. But Peter is telling us if somehow we don't add all of these things, if we don't supplement our faith with all of these qualities that he just mentioned, we're going to become ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. Yes, we will still know God. Yes, we will still have a relationship with God. And our eternity is decided uh, for eternity because of what Jesus has done for us. But in the life that we live, if we don't add all of these things to our faith, we're going to be ineffective and unfruitful. And God wants us to be effective and fruitful. And so do you. You want to live an effective life. You want to live a fruitful life where you're producing good things in your life. And so Peter is emphasizing that we need to add these things to our faith, to our relationship with God. And he says, um, for in verse 9, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, you will be richly provided for an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. So Peter is saying, hey, I already know that you know these things, but I want to remind you of these things that you already know. And that's what we're going to be doing in these series. A lot of these things, you're not going to be like, oh, I've heard these things for the first time. No, it's reminding ourselves of these things that are already true. And that's so true uh, for us as the things that we need to learn and grow in. We don't necessarily need some brand new idea, some brand new revelation. 
we need to be reminded of the things that we already know, and then we can build upon that. That's what good teaching does. Uh, when you go, when you send your kids to school, when they start out the new year, they start reminding the, ki- the things that have already been taught in previous years, and then they add upon that. Verse 12, it says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established them in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by the way of reminder. Since that I know I'm putting off my body, will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort to know that my departure may be able at any time to recall these things. In other words, Peter's saying, I'm old, I'm going to be dying soon. But I don't want you to forget these things. These, I, these things, these qualities, these things that will supplement your faith are very, very important. Now, before we get into these supplements, this series is called uh, Faith Supplements, we're going to start out making sure that we all have an understanding of what faith is. Um, because we can't supplement something we don't know about or something that we're not sure about. What does it actually mean to have faith? Um, And the scripture has a lot to say about faith. And faith is such a wonderful thing for us to understand. Jesus emphasized faith. So much of the New Testament about faith. And we want to understand from the scripture as it relates to faith. So let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. So one of the things that we know about faith that we see over and over Again, emphasized in the New Testament by many writers, that faith is the foundation of our relationship with God. And the word faith is a relational term. Faith simply means trust. One of the ways that we would also uh, define the word faith, it means to believe or believe in. Now, when we think about the term relational term, can you think about somebody, a friend or your spouse or somebody that you know, oh, I have faith in that person. Why would you say that? Why would you say that you have faith in that person? Well, simply put, you could trust them. If you're texting with them, you're like, hey, I'll meet you at the mall. We're going to go for coffee or we're going to shop or whatever the case may be. What do you expect? You expect to meet that person at the mall because why? You have faith in them. And this is the same way God wants us to understand a relationship with him. So many times people are depending on so many different things as it relates to a relationship with God. They're, they're, they're depending on religious ceremonies. They're depending on how good they can be. And they're depending on this, that, and the other. They're depending on traditions. But God wants us to know that we can simply trust him. That we can put our faith in him. And he wants us to know that we can trust him. Just like we can trust our friend and we can trust our spouse. We can put our trust in God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says... And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, it doesn't say without faith, it's impossible to appease God. Faith does not appease God. Faith pleases God. Now, when I say the word appease, that means that we... Uh, and if you look in the history of mankind, that you will see so many people trying to appease God or appease the gods by making sacrifices, doing these things and doing rituals and, and ceremonial things. And we're going to appease God. In other words, satisfy his anger. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And, you know, God's angry with us, so we're going to appease him. And then sometimes people think this is the way faith is. 
Oh, if if I don't put my trust in God, God is not appeased. No, he is pleased when we trust him because he can be trusted. He wants us to put our faith in him because that's how he wants to have a relationship with us. He doesn't want to have a relationship with us through ceremony, through religion, through all these different approaches of mankind. He wants us to know that he just offers us a relationship with himself through Jesus. And when we put our faith in him, it pleases him. Think about it in these terms. If you have a child and you have some resources, some abilities, something in your life that can help your child, but somehow there was a reason they were living in another country or they were living somewhere that you couldn't like send them money or whatever the case may be, that would not be pleasing to you, would it? Why? Because you want to, you love your child and you don't want to help your child. And when we decide not to live by faith, God is not pleased. Why? Because he can't then help us. The things that he offers to us by his grace, by his love, by his mercy, he's just reaching out to us. And if we just decide to do our thing, no, God, I don't, I got this on my own. No, faith puts your trust in God. And that pleases God because God is offering us so much. We already read it. And Peter there, what is he offering us? All things that pertain to life and godliness. God has everything you need for this season of life. And he's reaching out to you with it. And when we decide to not live by faith, we're sort of rejecting the things that God gives us by his grace. But faith pleases God. Why? Because I'm trusting God for those things that he's giving to me. I'm trusting God for those things that he has in his open hand. And then what did it say? Well, I must believe that God exists. And then that God is a rewarder. So the writer here in Hebrews is telling us, helping us to understand the nature of God. When we put our faith in God, what does it mean? Well, obviously he's there and I put my trust in him. He exists. We didn't create the world. We didn't create the universe. Humans didn't. All we do is observe what is created. But then we understand something about the nature of God, that he he exists and then he rewards. He exists, he's there. We were singing about that, talking about that. And then he rewards, he gives to us. That's why he wants us to trust him. That's why he wants us to have faith in him, that we are actually depending on him Not how religious I can be or how ceremonial I can be or how moral I can be. I'm going to depend on me to get something from God. No, I'm going to trust God to receive the things that God gives. I'm going to have faith in God. Having faith in God pleases him. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, I am not ashamed of the good news. It is God's power and it will save everyone Who believes? That's faith. That we don't save ourselves in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That God offers us salvation. And who is it for? For everyone who believes. We're just going to put our trust in the fact that God saves us. It is meant first for the Jews. It is meant also for those who aren't Jews. In other words, for everybody. Verse 17. The good news shows how God makes people right with himself. We don't make ourselves right with God. God does it sending his son Jesus. He has done the work. The work is finished. We have to trust it. 
We put our faith in the finished work of Jesus. I'm not going to trust in myself. I'm going to trust what God has done for us. That's what we have faith in. From beginning to end, becoming right with God depends on a person's faith. It is written, those who are right with God will live by faith. Another translation says, the just shall live by faith. So we live every day. So this is not a Sunday thing. This is an everyday thing. That every day we're going to put our trust in God. We're not going to be like, well, I trust God on Sunday. Because, you know, we're going to sing in church. And I think we're going to pray this week. And we did communion. So it feels extra churchy. So today I'll trust God. But tomorrow, you know, maybe not. Maybe I'll pray. Maybe I'll read the Bible. Maybe I won't. I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, I'm just not sure I'm going to do religious things on Monday. No, he says, for those of us that have put our trust in God, what are we going to do? We're going to live by faith. We're going to trust God all of the time. He has things for me that pertain to life and godliness. He has given me all of these promises. I'm going to trust him. Faith pleases God. Because then we are tapping into the things that just God offers us freely because of Jesus. Not because of my own goodness. Not because of my own righteousness. But the good news is that God saves. We decide to believe it. And then he calls us to live and walk by faith all of the time. I can trust him. I know what he says. I can understand from the scriptures who Jesus is. And once I understand who Jesus is, I know what God is like. I don't have to be confused anymore about the character and nature of God. I know that I can put my trust in God. So we don't want to be self-dependent. You want to be God-dependent. That's faith. And we're not just trusting a philosophy. We're not just trusting an idea. That is what all other world religions are. They're all philosophies. Hey, if you do this, you might achieve something. If you do this, if you follow these laws, you might get into heaven one day. Christianity says, put your trust in God. Don't actually trust yourself. You can't do it on your own. God has done it for you in Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, here, do this, and this is the way. Do this, and this is the way. No, he said, I am the way. I am making a way for you. God made a way for you. So what do we do? We trust it. We trust him. We don't trust ourselves because we know we're not good enough. Let's all be, let's all have a moment of honesty in church this morning, shall we? As sophisticated and as educated and as wealthy as you are today, you're not good enough. You know in your heart of hearts you're not good enough. Well, I'm better than that person. Yeah, you're better than that person. You're better than somebody in in jail or something. Well, at least I'm not that. But you know you're not a good husband all the time. Any husbands in the room want to admit it? Any husbands in the room? <laughs> there is like wives be like, he's preaching to you right now. <laughs> Any wives dare want to admit that you're not a good wife all You know that you're not good all of the time. You can't save yourself. You can't 
make yourself righteous, you aren't righteous. But the good news is that Jesus said, I am the way. So we put our faith in him. We trust him. He wants us to live by faith, trusting in him all of the time. Why? Because he knows what we need and he gives it to us. See, when we, we think about trust, once again, in a relational term, if you have children, especially if you have like a toddler, you know at different times you've been somewhere with, with your toddler and you're holding their hand, and what do they do? They want to pull away from your hand. You're walking out to the car in the parking lot, and they want to pull away from your hand. Why? Because they think they know. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to hold your hand. You're going to stay with me. This is what God wants us to do. God wants us to continually hold his hand, to trust him. And no matter how old you are in here today, you are still a toddler as it relates to God. So we always need to trust him. We always need to hold his hand. Let's look here in Luke chapter 7. Now, when we think about uh, having faith, what, is, what are we having faith in? And sometimes people like try to disassociate faith with either reason or understanding, or I'm just going to have blind faith. You know, you're telling me you have faith today. What are we having faith in? Well, just have faith. Oh, just trust, just believe. We're going to see this conversation that uh, Jesus had with some of John the Baptist's disciples, because John the Baptist was wondering if Jesus was actually the Messiah. And let's see how Jesus answered this question. Well, what am I actually supposed to have faith in? Am I just supposed to trust? Pastor Brent, could you just tell me to have trust, just to have faith? Well, let's see how Jesus answers. Luke 7, verse 18. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, sent them to Jesus. Are you the one who's to come, or shall we look for another? Are you the Messiah that's talked about in the Old Testament, or should we be looking for someone else? And the men came to him, came to Jesus. They said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who's to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour he healed, talking about Jesus, many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. On many who were blind he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. What did he say? Go tell John what you have seen and what you heard. In other words, here is the evidence. You're not supposed to be believing blindly. We're actually supposed to be putting our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. What is the evidence as it relates to Jesus? The scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. We know that Jesus is the word manifest. And so when we look at the word of God, we're putting our faith in the word of God. That is Jesus. They came to him and they're like, um, are you really the Messiah? We're not sure if you're the Messiah. What did Jesus do? He healed people. And then he said, go tell John what you've seen and what you've heard. Go tell John the evidence, the reasons, the reasons why you have faith. Uh, because of Jesus and what he did and what he accomplished. I, I heard one preacher say this, and I love this phrase, and I... In, you know, maybe if you're in here today and you're kind of not sure about Christianity or if you have a friend that's not sure about Christianity, I love this phrase. He said, every thinking person must examine the person of Jesus Christ. 
Every thinking person must. Because we can't just brush it aside. We can't just say, yeah, he was born of a virgin, and yeah, he died on a cross, and yeah, he rose again. We can't just brush that information aside. Because if that's God in the flesh, that actually means something. That means something for me and for my today and for my eternity. I can't be like, eh, Jesus, I'm not sure. No, you have to look at the evidence. And that's what Jesus is saying to John and his disciples. Look at the evidence, what you see and what you hear. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. The poor have the good news preached to him. So God wants us to choose to believe him. He wants us to choose to put our trust in him. John chapter 3, verse 36 says this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Now, this bothers people when we read about the wrath of God. Now, why do we see in the Scripture that even though we know that God is a God of love, that the Scripture tells us that there's the wrath of God? Is God have, does God have wrath just because he's angry and grumpy and he's just upset at people? Now, let's, let's go back to our illustration about our toddler. You're in the parking lot with your toddler and you're holding your toddler's hand and they pull away from you to run into traffic. In that moment, you're a little bit angry at your child. Why? Because you know better. You want them to stay with you. And so you're angry at your child. Is it because you're just a grumpy person? No, that you love this child. And for moms, you carry this baby in your body. You're not hateful towards them. You love them so much that when they pull away from you, it makes you upset. God wants us to believe him. He wants us to trust him because that's the channel through which he can get the things to you that he's already given you by his grace and by his love. He offers everything that pertains to life and godliness and he wants us just to trust him. He wants us to continue to hold his hand. Why? Because he knows what we need, and he's given us what we need. But when we decide to not walk by faith, what are we doing? We're like, God, I got this. God, I'm 47 now. I'm educated. I have some money in the bank. I have this. I'm better than the bank. I've got this. You know, you, you helped me last year, but I don't need you this year. I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm thinking clearly, I think. So I, I'm, I'm okay this year. And we let go of his hand. Does that please God? No, parents, does that please you? When your child lets go of your hand and you know that you know what your child needs. No, it makes you angry. God wants us to live by faith. (laughs) The just shall live by faith. We can't go to God and say, God, look how religious I am. Look how good I am. God, God says to us, I'm, I'm not blessing you based on that. 
He's blessing you. He's giving you salvation based on his character, not yours. That's why we have faith in him. We don't have faith in a philosophy. We don't have faith in a way that some man tells us, here's the things you got to do and here's what you got to do and here's what you got to do and then maybe one day you'll get to heaven. No, Jesus came and he said, I am the way and we put our trust in him because God wants us to continue to hold his hand. I have way too many verses in my notes this morning because I am super excited (laughs) about faith. All right, we're going to... Barbara, you can come on up again if you're still here, if we're doing MIDI. I don't know yet. Hey, last time you saw Barbara, she wasn't married. Now she's married. (laughs) So I I think when you get married, you become a better piano player. I think that's a thing. So we're we're just all going to judge that right now. No, just kidding. (laughs) All right, let's read a story here. From the Gospels, then we'll finish with this. In the Gospels, we see over and over again Jesus celebrating faith. People would come and he would say to them, your faith has made you whole. And he would say, according to your faith, so be it unto you. One time, there was a guy, a centurion came, and he was coming on behalf of one of his servants who was, you know, not doing well. And Jesus said, you know, I'll I'll come to your house and heal him. And the guy's like, no, you don't need to come to my house, Jesus. You just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus turned around to his disciples and took a moment. This guy's expressing great faith. And he said to his disciples who were Jews who should have faith in God. He said, I've never seen such great faith. No, not all in all of Israel. Jesus celebrated faith over and over again. Is there a secret in there somewhere for us? That he emphasized faith. What is faith? Trust in God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe that God is, and I'm going to believe that God rewards. I'm going to believe that God is my Father. He is my Savior, and He offers to me everything that I need that pertains to life and godliness. Even when I'm not a good person, because we're not all of the time, that's why we need a Savior. That's that's why we put our faith in God. Because we fall so so short but let's read this story here about this woman who had suffered with something for a very long time mark chapter 5 verse 24 it says and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years this woman had been hemorrhaging for 12 years terrible situation and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. How many of the doctors in this time were not that great? And they didn't have to go to school. There was no med school. I mean, there was just, it was just not a good situation, and she's still suffering. Verse 27. When she heard the reports about Jesus. So what was her faith based on? She heard about Jesus. We, we hear what Jesus did for us. What should we do? We should have faith. Very simple. Well, how, many, how many verses do I have to read? How many books of the Bible do I have to read? Here's something to discuss. She didn't even have a Bible. But what did she do? She heard about Jesus. She heard the reports about Jesus. 
And so what did she do? She had faith. Let's continue to read it. She heard reports about Jesus came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I even touch his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and you say, who touched me? In other words, there was a bunch of people touching Jesus. There was a bunch of curiosity seekers. There was a bunch of people wondering about who Jesus was. And they were all touching him and nothing really was happening. And then this woman touched Jesus. And what happened, the scripture says that power went out of Jesus. And Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And I'm like, Jesus, everybody's touching you. Why are you asking us simple, silly questions? You're supposed to be the son of God. You should know. No, it was a different type of touch that this woman had. What type of touch was it? She had heard about Jesus. She said, if I just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. What does that sound like? Sounds like faith. Sounds like I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. I've been suffering with this thing for 12 years. No doctor has been able to help me. I've heard about Jesus I'm just going to put my trust in Jesus. That's all you need to do. It's no more complicated than that. That's it. We're going to put our trust in Jesus. Let's continue reading here. Who touched my clothes? Verse 31, a disciple said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and you say who touched me and he looked around to see who had done it verse 33 but the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your disease now we know we read earlier in the story that the power of God is actually the thing that healed the woman from her disease. The power went out of Jesus. But what did Jesus give credit to? Did he stop and say, yes, I am actually the anointed son of God and the power of God exists upon me without measure. I just want all of you to know this. No, he stopped and he said, daughter, your faith. How many of you think Jesus did it the right way? How many of you think Jesus emphasized the right thing here in this story? What did he say? He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Was Jesus mad at this woman? No, she was pleased with this woman. Faith pleases God. Faith is the road through which we can receive what God has given to us by grace. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. So what about us? Is this a special circumstance? Is this woman a a superhuman? No, she's just a person who suffered with a situation, with a circumstance for a really long time. And then what did she do? She put her faith in Jesus. What does God want us to do? Put our faith in Jesus. What pleases God? Faith. I'm going to trust him. 
every day. I'm going to live by faith every day. I'm going to walk by faith every day because I'm not enough on my own. I can't accomplish enough on my own. I can't do relationships on my own. I can't fix my own problems. I'm going to reach up and go hold onto the hand of the one who gives me everything that I need as pertaining to life and godliness. And I'm going to trust him. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you today for your word. We're so thankful that we could put our trust in you today and that we could actually know you for ourselves. God, I just pray for everyone in here today who maybe feels like certain areas of life, they're not trusting you. God, I thank you that you reveal yourself to us, that you are faithful and that you are true and that you sent Jesus so that we could know that we could put our faith in you. Lord, we look at the evidence of you today and we trust you. We hold on to your hand in every area of life. Every day, Lord, we choose to walk by faith. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca. Thank you.